Welcome to Chatterbox Hub Podcast, which is dedicated to all things audio, voiceovers and media productions. I'm your host, Yulia Stancheva. With streaming services like Netflix and Amazon Prime bringing more and more original shows and movies from abroad into our homes, the need for a properly translated, localized and dubbed content has grown exponentially. Dubbing is an art that requires skillful and experienced voice actors, and it takes practice to master it. There are different kinds of specialized dubbing, which require varied levels of expertise, resources and budget. But in this podcast show, we will be mainly focused on lip sync and phrasing dubbing. We'll enter this highly interesting territory with my guest, Donald Perry, who is a Lambda-trained actor and voiceover artist with over 20 years' experience. He's also a casting and voice director who has worked on the dubbing for many productions for Netflix. Hi, Donald. Happy New Year. Oh, Julia, Happy New Year. It's so lovely to chat to you again. How are you? <laughs> I'm very well, thank you. So lovely to chat to you too. And I hope that the year has been, you know, to a great start for you. It, do you know, it is. It was back to business yesterday. First few voiceovers coming in. The home studio was was turned on again and up and running. So, yeah, it was good. Fantastic, yeah. I'm really delighted to welcome you in our virtual studio today. And just to have the chance to talk to you about one of my most favourite topics, dubbing. Oh, mine too, Yulia, mine too. What a skill it is, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it really is. It's very underrated, I think. That's the thing, an underrated skill. I think it's becoming to get into the spotlight now with so many streaming services offering so yeah. much original productions being dubbed in many different languages. Yeah, I think, I mean, you know, I'm sure we'll kind of get into them, but I think uh, it's the future, Julia. I think it's going to be bigger and bigger. And once you've got the guys like Netflix and Amazon Prime and yeah. and all that who are seeing it as the future, well, the, you know, that's the way it's going to be. They hold the power and, you know, I totally understand it. And I think it's uh, it's new. It's a new thing, I think, in this country. You know, we probably, people of my age, you joke about when we used to watch things like Heidi. It was like a German drama, I think it was, when we were kids, dubbed <laughs> so badly. But you used to, you know, and so bad. And then that's the way, that's all anyone saw of dubbing. So they now all believe that's how all dubbing will be it'll be that bad do you know it's really interesting that you're mentioning this because a long time ago i mean mm-hmm. maybe like in the 80s we had <sighs> the same way of dubbing in uh, my country I uh-huh. from bulgaria so we used to have first initially just one voice who would dub the whole production yeah, yeah, and right. can you imagine a male voice dubbing everything all the but characters they- children female anything they still do that on things. Really? But yeah, yeah. And I tell you why. I tell you why. Because one of the things we dubbed recently for Netflix, we went. I went through and I had a wee listen to the dubbings from all the all the other countries. And maybe I want to say it was Poland. I can't quite remember. It was just one guy going, "Yeah," and uh, there we go, and just chatting over the whole thing, just narrating. And I said, "This is bizarre." It's like a TV commentator. Yeah. Explaining what's happening on the screen. Exactly. But if you're used to that in your country it becomes just normal and you're you're kind of listening to the original in the background and you know and it's it's whatever works whatever works well personally for me my first dubbing job uh, was um when i was 20 that was a long mm-hmm. time ago 
I'm not going to count years backwards. You, you mean two years ago, Yulia? Two yes. years ago. <laughs> Ever since then, you know, I've been, um, I had the opportunity to do phrasing and um, right. lip syncing. And these are two different mm -hmm. dubbing techniques, which we will cover in yeah. our chat a bit later on. But first things first, I'm always intrigued to find out how my guests have embarked on their journeys and how they have reached the place where they are now. Yeah. I mean, I went to I went to drama school. I lived, I was brought up in Fife, a place in Scotland, sort of near like St Andrews, if anyone knows that. It's, it's uh, lovely. I was in a lovely little village. And then at 18, I did all the rounds of auditioning for drama schools. And luckily I got into one in London called Lambda. So I went down to Lambda, uh, trained as an actor, did, did lots of acting, uh, did some voiceovers and all that kind of thing. Um, that was nine. I'd graduated in 1999, so quite a long time ago. And um, then eventually, you know, voiceovers became more important to me. I think once I had kids, because the idea of going on tours was a little bit, oh, I don't know, you know, fancy doing anything like that. Um, and so I started doing more and more voiceovers. Uh, obviously, you end up doing a little bit of ADR. Not much dubbing, yeah. but, you know, um, a little bit of ADR. Um, and, you know, I do loads of adverts and explainers and corporates and all that kind of thing. Um, and then I started working for a company doing voiceovers, uh, guys called Big Mouth Audio, two, you know, young young Scottish guys who saw the future and realised that they needed to change because everyone like us actors were building home studios and cutting them out. Um, so they needed to have a niche, you know, and find something to do. And um, so they built a bigger studio. They got themselves approved by Netflix. Um, so I think they're only one of maybe three studios in the UK who wow. um, Netflix will will use um and that sort of started started them on this dubbing journey and i have had the pleasure to work with you in that studio listen Julia, yeah, i'll come to that that was our first gig really yeah so when when we did that you know you might not have noticed but we didn't totally know what we were doing this was a this was a flying by the seat of your pants kind of thing going right okay and learning on the job and you know luckily we had experienced people like yourself coming in who had done it before but I know you had said you've not done that type of dubbing um, before. which So that was that was maybe two years ago. Yeah. And since then, we've done loads. Do you know, yeah. we've done lots of series. We've done loads of animation for lots of different companies, um, you know, in, in the dubbing the dubbing world, you know. So we do live action um, and we do big cartoon series um, and, and, and all sorts. And so loads of casting and acting. And I love it. I mean, it's been a crazy two years. I bet you love you know, it. While other people, unfortunately, have not been getting lots of work we've been inundated you know it's, it's been fantastic great fun i've got to say I, I love it i really it's it's really good fun and do you mostly do a lip sync dubbing at the studio yes i think you'll find in the uk with with for english-speaking audiences it's mainly going to be lip synced yeah. apart from as i mentioned to you we've recently we just got a job in to do a kind of documentary mm -hmm. um, which will be more sort of phrase dubbing where you the original will be played in the background, yeah. just a, just a little bit quieter. And people will have seen that before, probably on things like documentaries. My daughter watches a, a series on Netflix about like a crazy, I think it's a crazy Italian cooking show. like And it's like for kids. And that's where they do phrase dubbing. It's all, it's played in the background and a couple of actors speak over the top. Yes, you know? yes. In phrasing, the voiceover is not matched to the lip movements. It's simply no. matched one phrase at a time. Ensuring yeah, that yeah. the script can be read in time with the original speaker. But then what for me was quite interesting is watching my daughter, who's six, mm -hmm. watching that, 
Now she's just watching that going, yeah, that's that's normal. That's all good. <laughs> yeah. And that's the deal. You know, that's, I watch it. It works well for some productions, as you say, for TV shows, for yes. documentaries, yes. for reality productions. Of course. And for corporate, let's mention that. There are so many corporate training videos yeah. that need dubbing. And in the UK, for English-speaking audiences and English-speaking actors, this is this is only going to get bigger. And this is only going to get more and more and more, you know. Um, you know, they're starting to do that to a lot more productions where there's the rest of Europe, they've been used to doing that for for years. You know, they've done yes, it for years. Yes, and no wonder dubbing workshops are really booming. Yeah. Yeah, it's something that we're certainly looking into, you know, the idea of maybe, you know, putting on some kind of dubbing workshops because it is, well, I mean, it's a unique skill, you know. It, yes. You know yourself, it's it's very different, <laughs> you know, and it is a... Absolutely. And it is a skill. Whether it's a lip sync of racing, dubbing is a process which requires the voice actor to match their voice to the on-screen characters. Yeah. Voice and expression, matching their mouth motions, character's tone. Especially with lip syncing. I mean, lip syncing, yeah. you, you've got to be bang on, you know, you've got to really be bang on because it's a, one of those big giveaway telltale signs. Yes. If it's not... And hence the takes that you have to do mm. until you yeah. make it perfect. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, and listen, we can be sitting there going, right, take eight, take nine, take ten, do you know, because something's just not quite yes. fitting. And it'll be things like, do you know, so I might say in, in you know, it might go, Yulia, uh, where are you going? But they're saying, where are you going, Yulia? Yeah. And you're like, oh, no, we're going to have to change it around. So you're, you're changing the script. Mm-hmm. You're having to do this. You're having to go, right, hit, hit that mark. Oh, look, they take a little breath or they do a little, hmm, in the middle of a sentence. You can't miss any of that. You know, you've got to get no, all of that it in. It takes a lot of precision. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, that that's a tricky thing for actors. In a way, I think we're quite lucky up in Scotland because we are we are picking from a pool of actors who are all fantastic actors who do theatre, do telly do movies you know so it's different in london i think a lot of the dubbing actors are are their own little group you know that kind of just do lots and lots of dubbing but we're kind of picking actors who do everything now that's good but it also means we're getting very intelligent actors very thoughtful who who maybe want to spend a little bit more time you know yeah what's my backstory and uh, you know what's my motivation here and uh, you know overthinking it and i think that's a real skill is to for a dubbing actor is you know, I don't want people thinking. That's the thing. You've not got time for a lot of that. You know, you have to just be instinctive and really off the cuff and, you know, and and just watch, repeat. And look for the clues. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's so important to sound natural and not overact as your performance could come out sounding forced. Oh, and then it's got to match. So if you're doing a yeah. big ensemble piece, so we we did a, there's a Danish drama called Borgen. It was huge about 10 years ago. Um, one of my wife and I's sort of top 10 series. It's a political drama. It sounds really dull if I explain it to you. That it's, a, it's about a Danish, you know, parliament, um, hung parliament, you know, with a, with a government of all sorts of, you know, different parties. But it's fantastic. But we dubbed that because um, Netflix is going to be putting out a new series of it. So they, they dubbed the old episodes. But that's a huge ensemble part. You know, like we use 40 mm. actors. Something 30, wow. 40 actors. How long did it take you oh, to record? Oh, listen, listen. <laughs> this was during lockdown that we started it. So we had our two lead, because it was two lead actresses doing little bits of it from home, which was a nightmare mm. for them. And for us, they would be recording stuff at home, sending bits into me. I'd be then, I mean, and then it would, does nightmare. But then we spent maybe four months solid. And it was, I mean, it was full on to try and, you know, hit the deadlines, get it out in time. But also when you've got 30, 40 actors, they all have to match, 
you can't have someone coming in, you know, giving a big, big, you know, I've had an actor once come in, give a huge performance. I was like, no, you need to be, this is a guy who's a fantastic theatrical actor. I mean, brilliant. And I knew he had a lovely voice. I was like, oh, you'll be great. And it was huge. And I was like, no, no, you, you need to play it down. Okay, okay, okay. So the next, no, 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 down, 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 down. Till eventually, eventually, he was my. He goes, but I'm not doing anything. It's like exactly, exactly. That's it. Don't think about it. You've just got to match with the original actor. They've done the hard work. Just copy their performance. It's basically mimicking the character's um, facial expression, movements, translating what they're doing on the screen. And and also trying to match their voice, the tone of their voice. That's a big thing with the casting, isn't it? I mean, it's yeah. different when we do animation. I think you can take liberties and you can you just get a voice that matches the the character, the picture, you know. And but but for drama, I mean, listen for a lot of the stuff that Netflix do. They 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 need to approve a lot of the casting mm-hmm. because you know it's big. It's big big business you know they they need the voice to 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 match, and it is all about what they're interested in is the tone. Do you know, is the yeah. tone the same? Even if you go, oh, but this guy would be brilliant, you know? But like, mm-hmm. nope, nope, nope. I like that because it's just that, the right... Matching the tone the of the voice. Yeah, the right Original tone. actor. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. But it's difficult, you know? When you're casting for projects, mm-hmm. whether they're films, series or animations, beside of a voice actor who has got the right tone of the voice mm-hmm. um, that can match the character what else are you looking for in a voice actor how do you choose the right voice uh, i mean listen ca- uh, i would say that the, the the casting's key if you cast a project correctly you shouldn't have any problems you know that's that's the, the thing if you if you get the right people when we're doing a big especially live action thing we, ideally and this is all dependent on time and money and you know i want to get the actors in for an audition so that i can see that they can do it because yeah. they could be the best actor, you know, and you're going to, going to be great. But if they, if they can't do the lip syncing, if they just overthink it, then it's no good to me because we, we yeah. don't have time to be doing 20 takes, you know. And ideally, the, the good people are doing two or three takes and they just can see it and go bam, 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 bam. So it is good to, to, to get them You need to in. convince you that they've got the experience yeah. as well as the talent. Well, you know, you know what, Julia, the, the deal is that a lot of... Uh, especially up here when we started in Scotland, nobody had any experience doing it because it's so rarely done dubbing in for, for, for British-speaking actors. It's not done very often. It's new to most people. And, you know, and that's kind of what you have to get across the actors. Look, this is new. Don't don't stress. Yeah. Don't, you know, this is what the way I think you should do it and don't think about it. And, you know, and um, yeah, and then you find people who are great. And then for us, I build a pool of actors that I know can do it. And, uh, can, and you can rely on them, yes. Yeah, and can adapt their voice. I mean, ideally, yeah. you know, you, you, yourself, you said that, you know, when you did it, you would be voicing probably numerous characters. Yes, well, and sometimes they would be talking to each other. So, yeah. You'll have to do that simultaneously, yeah. not take by take. That's what I want. You know, I want actors <laughs> who can do various accents, can do various, you know, can can play younger characters and an older character, possibly in the same scene. You know, that's that's your ideal. Versatility is the key. Oh, it really is. It really is. You've got to be adaptable. Yeah. You've got to be versatile. Absolutely. <laughs> and when you mentioned that you are willing to work with actors who are not that experienced in dubbing, but mm-hmm. they've got the rest of the skills that are required for them to do the job perfectly, yeah. like skill and the tone of the voice is matching the character, etc. So... I, I assume that someone who is new to this, they would feel a little bit more nervous um, when doing the job the first time round. Yeah. So how would you calm the nerves of an actor and guide them through their journey um, 
when you're working with them on the dubbing <laughs> project. I mean, but everyone's different, aren't they? You know, some people yeah. it is the it is it is just the wee arm on the shoulder and look, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine, and you know, yeah. and you just talk them through it, and a lot of them it will just click in. And they'll get it. Um, and if someone really is struggling, then I usually find that that's because we need to change the script. It's not necessarily, it's just, it's not going to fit, you know, and something's yeah. not going to, you know, and, and people, we plan that, that, that you get a new actor in, we plan that, the, you know, the first hour might be a struggle because they've never done mm-hmm. it before, but that's yeah. totally fine. And it, when you do something new, you expect that it could be a struggle. Oh, it's a treat mm-hmm. when it's not, when you're like, oh, they get it right away. <laughs> but <laughs> but if it is a struggle and you still think, no, no, their voice is perfect, you know, then your job mm-hmm. as a voice director is to just talk them through it, coach them through it. Actors, I find, but I find actors are adaptable, Yulia. Actors are, as people, pretty adaptable. Yeah. Do you know that they, they do do, you know, maybe radio, they do do straight voiceovers, they do do TV, they do do cinema, they do do theatre. So they're pretty adaptable as, as, as people. So it's, uh, they're usually absolutely perfect. Mm-hmm. And that from someone who is working with many actors sounds like a great compliment. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And you are an actor yourself. Yeah, I mean, so I get it from that point of view. You know, I yeah. understand. It's difficult being an actor, as you know. You know, it's it's an, an actor's, it's, you know, you, you face a lot of rejection. You face a lot of yes. doubting yourself, I think, is the yes. main. I mean, everyone's had that thing of, you know, you're rehearsing a play in the first few weeks. You're like, yes, I'm amazing. This is going to be good. And then, <laughs> and then a few days before the performance, you're like, I am terrible. I don't have a clue who this character is. And, you know, and then it's up to the director to go, no, no, you're going to be fine. You know, you're going to be fine. And yes. that helps. We all have that little moment of self-doubt. Absolutely. When... Absolutely. Oh, it's, listen, it's really difficult. And that's, that. That's especially for actors, it is really difficult. And I hope being an actor, having trained as an actor myself, I can understand that, you know, and I can be sympathetic towards an actor if they're not getting And that it. helps you to be such a great dubbing director because you know how to step in the shoes of an actor. Yeah, and I think that's and I think that's a quite a good thing for a voice director. Yeah. If you've just yeah. got the experience of how to talk to an actor and how to deal with them, you know, and that's that's it. Not just a yeah, give me another one, great, right? Yeah, that's okay, uh-huh. that's fine. <laughs> Do you know you have to you have to be, be nice. And, and as you said, you may be an amazing actor on stage or mm-hmm. on screen or both, but if you haven't done dubbing before, it may be trickier to start with. Yeah. You need to be able to, to multitask since you have yeah. to listen to the original audio, read your lines while keeping a close eye on the screen. It's like you're juggling with many balls at the same time. Listen, and I can imagine it can be really quite stressful for an actor. If you're, if you're not getting it and it's struggling, you know that you know, you're up against time you know and everyone's you know there must be it, it can be quite a stressful thing to do i think you know but <laughs> i want people to always enjoy it you know i think people have to come in even when they're auditioning i think a, an addition for a dubbing job or any voiceover job you know we book a 20 minute slot you're going to be in for 20 minutes you know and i want people yeah. to come out going oh quite enjoyed that even if i didn't get it you know because i know what it's like going up for auditions still it's a good experience yeah totally totally and it's yeah absolutely and it might not be right for this but the amount of times we've seen people in audition and then gone, not right for this. And then a year later, you're like, ah, they'd be perfect for this. Yeah. <laughs> Have you had any disappointing experiences with voice actors who haven't lived up to the expectations oh, and the performance oh. from the audition? <laughs> Julia, that's just, this, is, this is a cruel question. This is a cruel question. Listen, obviously you sometimes will go, right, this isn't, this isn't quite working or this is taking a lot longer than it should. 
but then sometimes that's a challenge, you know, and that's my job. Maybe I've slightly cast it wrong. So I need to then go, right, I'm going to fix this. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, very, very, very rarely you would have to recast after doing it, but that can be for reasons like maybe an actor is voicing a kid, but then once you listen to it, when it's all been mixed, you're like, I still, that feels like an adult. Mm-hmm. So you would maybe have to recast that you know or 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 change that often sometimes when i'm when we worry so myself and maybe you know the producer engineer whoever's uh, with me you know we're like mm, don't know if this is right you know once it's then all mixed down and you you go no it's great it was great we were we, we were right it's okay disappointing's tricky i mean i don't think no one disappoints me Yulia, but sometimes maybe people could <laughs> find it harder than you than you think. always find yeah. a way to make things definitely, work definitely <laughs> Fantastic. Well, what about celebrities? Have you worked with famous actors? And are they any more different <laughs> and tricky to work with than the rest of the actors? They're community? all insane. Um, no, <laughs> we've worked with a few. We've been quite lucky. Worked with um, you know a lot of pretty good people, like in the gaming world or in the animation world. Um, I usually find that once you've worked with them, you go right. That's why you are the best. <laughs> That's that's why you're getting the big bucks because because you are great, especially in the kind of animation world. You know, we did something recently with like Rasmus Hardiker and um, uh, Mark Silk. You know, and these guys. That's what they do all day. They do cartoon characters. They do, and then you see when you get to work with them, you're like, I see, I see why because they can just their voices are so adaptable that you're like, that's that's fantastic. Um, listen, some of them can have some some celebs might have little quips little different things that they do you know but you you, you're paying them a lot more a lot of the time you know especially for big names you're paying them a lot more but you don't treat them any differently and usually they're absolutely great you know and and they absolutely i think for me you get more nervous i know you shouldn't but I, i get i get more nervous when when it's maybe you know a famous name um but then usually find pretty quickly do you know they're they're fab are you allowed to mention any of those big names that you have worked with well i don't i mean like computer game wise when we one of the first computer games we did we had troy baker who's i run voiceover courses and whenever i kind of i do a kind of pub quiz to start with where they all have to answer questions and whenever i do name me a you know computer game actor they all go troy baker troy baker troy um so when we got him, I, I didn't sleep for two nights oh. properly. And I really didn't. You know, I was I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. But then two minutes in, the guy's the most charming, you know. I fell in love with him. I fell oh. in love with him. Myself and my producer were both just looking at each other going, oh, my God, he's amazing. <laughs> he's amazing. You know. So, yeah, good. And we did Rob Delaney recently. He was in with a, um, a podcast, an a audio podcast the guys do called the Zombieville. He was in doing doing a session with that. And, I mean, he was great as well, yeah. do you know? Not all ce- celebrities are behaving like divas. No, they're not. Some of them are really down to earth and so natural and so easy to, to talk to. And it might, it might be different if you were directing them in a show, in a play or on TV or on a set. But possibly, you know, people tend to quite like doing voiceovers. Do you know, people tend to quite like yeah. coming and sitting in a booth and just doing their thing. So, you know, you're so far, it's fine, Julia. But I'll let you know when there's a bad one. I'll <laughs> let you know. <laughs> and, you know, I have people who have been asking me, how do you dub a Hollywood star? In in my career, I have done 
I have dubbed Susan Sarandon in Dead Man Walking. Fantastic. And Kim Basinger in Batman. And I know that sometimes it can be daunting to try to mimic, um, you know, an actor who is so talented and so popular. And the responsibility of making it sound right without disappointing the audience in your native language is huge. See, that's right. So that's really interesting. And obviously... You, you just throwing in that, oh, yeah, Susan Sarandon, Kim Basinger. You've got to remember then that happens less with with because we are not dubbing into Hollywood stars because they're speaking in English. Anyway, I mean, the only thing I can kind of say is, so when we did Borgen, Birgitta Neuberg, the main character, I mean, she's, you know, Twitter search, her name would come up. You know, she was a famous, famous character um, played by a fantastic Danish actress, but very, you know, her voice was very kind of unique. So that was a, that was a really difficult thing to get right. And to, mm. to you know, it's, and we did, we, you know, we got a brilliant actress, Gayanne Potter, who's, you know, one of the top sort of voice actresses in the UK. And she's done an amazing job, you know, um, at doing that bit. That kind of thing's tricky. And, you know, what I have learned is as a voice director doing British dubs is don't look at Twitter and see what people think about dubbing because, you know, the the Twitter people are loud. This can be discouraging. (laughs) Oh, listen, it is. Whether there's, I think, across Europe, you know, one of my friends, a Spanish friend says, oh, you you watch dubbing and you go, well, that's that's how Mel Gibson sounds with his Spanish voice, (laughs) you know, and that's how Bruce Willis sounds, you know. So there's a specific thing, but that doesn't happen as much here. But again, as we've kind of said, that'll change. That'll change in the future, you know. <laughs> yes. And audio can make or break a show or movie. And it's so crucial to get it right the first time around. Mm-hmm. If the dubbed voiceover is not accurate to the story or does not match the video or simply yeah. the voice is not pleasant and doesn't suit the on-screen actor, it will leave people, you know, it will put them off watching. Mm. Mm-hmm. And if an audience doesn't connect with the show or the film, it becomes a missed opportunity. A good example for dubbing Gone Wrong was Squid Games. I watched the mm-hmm. series, I'm not sure if you have watched them, uh, with yeah. the dubbed version. I tried and then I switched to the uh, to the subtitles. Subtitle. Yes, yeah. I couldn't agree with listening to the dubbed rich people. They sounded so fake and so unbelievable. Do you know, right, so I think Squid Games are really interesting example that you brought up because so it's the most watched thing isn't it in the uk last year yes um i was speaking to a guy two nights ago uh, a friend nothing to do with business and he was we we're talking about dubbing and he was like i mean yeah i've never watched dubbing i hate dubbing yeah and i said like, that's totally fine and subtitles are there for you you know you snob press the button you can watch subtitles but squid game was watched mainly dubbed you know, Squid Game, um, what else? Lupin, uh, Money Heist. Yeah, but what you're doing is you're opening up dubbing. We're just still not used to it in this country. I think that's what it is, especially people, you know, over the age of 30. You know, you're, you're like, you're, oh, no, 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 I'm no, no, I'm not going to watch watch dubbing. Whereas I think the younger generation who love Squid Game, I'm pretty sure most of them are watching it in in the dub. Same as like money heist, same as, you know, um, I think that's, that's, that's the way they're, what they're doing, you know, and they, and they are going to see that as normal, you know, in 10 years time, 20 years time. Can you think of any example of a bad dubbing? What does a bad dubbing mean to you as an actor and dubbing director? Yeah, well, bad dubbing is when it's got to be tight. And that the giveaways are when, the, for lip syncing, 
is when it's got to start and stop at the same time. It's got to start when that actor breathes in to start speaking and it's got to end when they go, hmm, you know, it's, that, you can't go over that. Every so often, you know, you it, you might have to. It's just, it just get something to fit. It might be a tiny bit, but, but your job as a director and an actor is to get that to fit. And if that means changing the script, adapting the script slightly, you have to do that. Or hitting a name, you know, if your character um, uses the name, you know, Stephen, you know, you have to hit the word Stephen, you know, and that's that's got to work. Um, because that's what makes people settle into it. Yeah. You know, because hopefully, as a viewer, you will sink into it and watch after you know, 10 minutes, 20 minutes. You might, to begin with, if the dubbing is new to you and you've not watched it, you know, a dubbing which, you know, still people won't. After about 10 minutes, you can, Money Heist is a great example, you know, after 10 minutes, you're like, yeah, this is good. I'm yeah. buying into this. It's this believable, yeah. Yeah, It absolutely. sounds natural. Yeah. And yeah, definitely. the original story has been kept. So yeah. the English dub doesn't differ drastically and is not missing any key plot points. So, yeah. No, and the, dub, and the dubbing, listen, you, you know, Squid Game, the, the whole thing about the, the, the subtitles were missing whole points of the story, which they do, you know, and they, they do. And that's a fact because you yeah. can't put all the dialogue you can't, on yeah. the screen to read because you just, you, you wouldn't manage. So... That's the thing. Some sometimes a dub might be better because of that. You know that you you you're getting more of the information, more of the story. Yeah, a great dub production is like a perfectly orchestrated symphony. You have yeah. to coordinate so many elements, and they have to fit in perfectly together. No yeah. compromise on the quality of any of these elements, whether it's translation, localization, casting, voice performing, editing, etc. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. And localization, for example, is very important for making the translation relatable to the target audience. Definitely. We get that quite a lot with, you know, with cartoons and stuff as well. Do you know that sometimes you can get a translation back that isn't age appropriate, do you know? It isn't age, you know, we're doing a we're doing a preschool cartoon at the moment and sometimes you get words you're like, nobody who's four is going to have a clue what that means. So, you know, you can just change it. Yes. Change it and, and that's it. It keeps the same feeling. It keeps it, you know, because the direct translation doesn't quite work. Yeah. So you just have to, to use your use your common sense. Mm -hmm. I know uh, from my work with you on the dubbing project um, mm -hmm. that you as a dubbing director can easily step in and make amends to the script to make it more mm -hmm. accurate and relatable for the audience or simply make it shorter or longer so it matches mm -hmm. the length of the on-screen action. What else can you do to save a dubbing production from going wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that. Um, okay, so I would say the key from a voice director point of view is, you know, your, your big job is stay on time, you know, mm -hmm. stay on time. Cast it well Yeah, is, is, to me, the key. You know, if I'm working with good people, then my life is easy, you know, if I've got really good people. Um, always be willing to, as you said, to adapt a script, to change a script, to jump in, to try something else, to help the actor out, you know, if they're not quite getting it, add something, take something away. And and then I think believe in the project. Yay. You know, that's, that's the other thing. I have to believe in it and I have to believe it's going to be good. Because you can't just go, oh yeah, whatever. We'll we'll we'll, we'll knock this one out. No. This squid game, get that out. You know, you have to, I think, really believe in the project. Yes, that's the right approach. Hmm. <laughs> but let's go back to your work with voice actors. What character preparation do you need to do before working on a project with an actor? I know because of 
NDA, on most occasions, mm -hmm. you wouldn't be able to share the script in advance with the actor mm -hmm. who is expected to arrive prepared for the session in some ways. Yeah. So how can a voice actor prep and what should they do to help run a smooth dubbing session? Do you know, that is tricky because you're right. A lot of the time, we wouldn't be able to give anyone anything. You yeah. know, you, you might know what character you're reading for and then you come in and do it because you just can't give out scripts these days, you know, for, for certain things. But also, I would say, for a dubbing job, I, I wouldn't want to give anyone a script. So I, I, can, I think the less prep, the better for a lot of the smaller kind of parts. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't want people preparing. I don't want people seeing a script because, you know, if you have 10 lines, 20 lines and you've practiced them, you know what it's like as an actor. You practice them. You go, yes, this is the right way. And then you come in to, to record and I'm saying, no, 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 we can't have it like that. You've got to hit that word. You've got to hit that word. And you're like, oh, but I've not practiced it this way. You know, so so a lot of the time, I, that's what I'm saying. I need instinctive actors. You know, you need to be able to think on your feet. So I, I would say I don't want much prep. Um, I, you know, I don't want them to pre-plan and, and have ideas that they go, right, this is what I'm going to do. Maybe different for some lead roles, yeah. you know, we might be able to show them a couple of bits and obviously we'll have done more additions with them so they'll have they've got an idea of the character and of the way it's the way it's working they might get to see the original if we're allowed you know before yeah. before they watch it just to get a feeling of the, the story arc you know that that's quite good and then as an actor i think in the scenes my job is to talk them through right this is what's happening in the scene this is what your character um wants Oh, that, that's a joke there that they're making or, oh, that's there. And, you know, oh, no, they don't like each other because down the line or they're going to have an affair or whatever. You know, that's your job is to keep them updated. But I I feel, I don't know, that for dubbing, Less not preparation is better, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's really scary for a lot of actors because actors love preparing and, you know, and they love doing the background and they love, but I don't want my actors doing lots of prep, definitely. And there is no doubt that having a dubbing director during the session has a tremendous impact on the quality of the dub production. A director will not just give guidance to the voice actor on the delivery, but they can also act as a quality control, making wise choices on the selections of voices, working closely with the producer, making sure the production doesn't go beyond budget and that all boxes are ticked before signing off the hmm. project. <laughs> Am I missing on something? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I think, you know, well, one of the big things, I, you know, you, you is having a fantastic engineer <laughs> is, well, listen, it's totally, it's totally key. Like, I couldn't do anything. <laughs> with, yes, like with, th at the moment we're doing this podcast recording with our fantastic uh, engineer, Mikas. So shout out to all those great sound engineers who are making our life easier. But that is key because a really good engineer will notice things that I don't notice. You know, and they'll they'll hear things that you don't hear, and you know, and a really good engineer who's done lots of dubbing will be able to go. Why don't you try that? Why don't you try that? And you know, they might not be as good at communicating that to actors, yeah. but they'll but they're but a really good engineer and a, you know, a great producer and everything are. Yeah, they'll have massive. a nice for details. They'll spot on. Yeah, anything that can ah, be done during the dubbing. Absolutely. Yeah. So I do think that's. Uh, that's, yeah, my, my job is, you know, as a voice director, you're guiding the whole project, yeah. keeping it on time, keeping it on track, keeping everyone happy, um, you know, keeping the energy up. As, you know, I'm a big fan of, got to keep that energy going. Um, but no, I think an engineer is your is your other key. An engineer, the producer, whatever, are the um, are absolutely key. It's a teamwork. 
Oh, of course. Absolutely. And do you have any favorite genres uh, for dubbing? Films, animation, series? Um, We we did a lot of live action maybe at the beginning of last year and the end of the year before and then we've done loads of animation up to that um so it's a bit of a mixture i mean we do a series called ridley jones which is just fantastic um and it's an american series that we've and in a way it's easier to do because you're dubbing from american english into you know english english and I've loved doing that because we've got some great actors, great young actors as well, like kids. There's songs, there's all sorts, which is challenging in itself. I've loved doing that. But, well, you know, we're about to embark on a few interests. As I said, you've got a documentary coming up. We've got another thing for Netflix coming up. Um, so, I'm yeah, I'm excited about doing a bit of live action again because it's <laughs> been a while. But uh, in the dubbing world, those, those kind of things. And then doing our original voice stuff as well, our computer game, throw them in every so often just to keep me on my toes. Great job. And are there any new trends to watch out in dubbing in 2022? What do you think? Yes. Well, I think they're, they're, they might be doing things like, um, which I've heard, so say it was a Bulgarian drama, <laughs> they would get Bulgarian actors to dub it in English so that the accents, so the accents <laughs> are real. Um, that's that's something I've kind of they they've been toying with, and I think they've done on a few different dramas. I've seen it on Netflix, maybe with a Swedish drama Ooh. where they basically got Swedish actors. Don't know if it was the original actors; it might have been, <laughs> um, but maybe that would cost too much. So that's something I could see happening. But I just see dubbing, especially in the UK, growing and growing and growing. You know, as we've said with Netflix, Amazon wanting everything dubbed, it's not going away. Do you know, it's going to get bigger and bigger, definitely. And you already said that you think that sometimes dubbing is much better than subtitles and yeah. you know dubbing versus subtitles yeah. this is one of the most critical questions of the streaming age it, it's really difficult it is really i personally i love subtitled tv love subtitled films but that's because i'm your prime example of you know your middle class dude who's used to doing that you know oh no, no i always watch i always watch the original you know got to have the original voice but i can absolutely see where why subtitles are, are working and I've got so many friends now who are going oh no no we watched we watched the dub oh absolutely oh, we watched that dub watch that dub you can iron and watch uh, watch subtitles you can't do your knitting and watch subtitles yeah so you know you need to you need to be... <laughs> so it's about time for people to get used to dubbing yeah slowly but surely they will it's still there's still going to be a massive push against it I think from people who are used to that but you wait till that younger generation are you know 10 years from now that's going to be absolutely normal. And then we'll be opened up to so many brilliant dramas from across the world, which we're not watching because a lot of people just, a lot of people refuse to read subtitles yeah. and they don't want to. And, and, you know, in the US here, and this is going to open them up to some fantastic drama that's getting made all over the world that otherwise we'd never see, never see. Yeah. For me, when I watch something with subtitles, it definitely takes a lot of concentration to read the subtitles. Yeah. Then yeah. it takes my focus away from important details of what's yeah. happening on the screen. So I, I would miss that. Absolutely. I mean, listen, obviously you and I are going to promote it. We love it. You know, <laughs> yes. we, it's our, it's, <laughs> it's our it's job. Our job. <laughs> yeah, I get that. And I, and I think that it's going to be a it's a sl- going to be a slow burner in the UK and it's going to take a little bit of time because there will be a lot of fight against it from, you know, people who, oh, no, 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 I couldn't possibly do that. But um, there's no question it's the future and it's going to happen. And I think it can only be a good thing. 
And that's a great way to wrap this interview up. Finally, if you don't mind, what would mm-hmm. be the advice that you can give to any filmmaking or production company looking into having their production dubbed into multiple languages? Well, I think it's something that production should be looking at, and I'm sure a lot of them will. There is an expense involved, though, you know. That's the thing, you know, there's, it's, it's expensive to do all that. But um, I think it is definitely something that, that um, people should be looking into. And I think pretty soon it will be the norm that you will just do that and you'll get stuff dubbed. And then for actors' point of view, I think the only thing we need to work out is, you know, it's a real skill. I think actors need to be paid a little bit a little bit more for uh, for dubbing. You know, equity yes. is the kind of thing they need to look into because I think at the moment it's 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 lagging behind, you know, that, mm-hmm. that you know, why, why is dubbing not, the same payment as say an ADR session or you know and it's it's something that needs to be looked into because you know I mean it's yeah. it's hard it is <laughs> it's really difficult yes it's an interesting thing it's a, it's a, it's an ever growing expanding world once you start doing it you love it and you don't want to stop yeah really absolutely well it's been so interesting to talk to you oh it's been an absolute pleasure Leah thank you so much it was great to chat again hopefully our paths will cross again and you can come and work with us again hopefully it was really really nice chatting to you Donald thank you once again for taking the time to be um, a guest in our podcast no thank you thanks a lot Chatterbox Hub I'm Yulia Stanchova and you've been listening to the Chatterbox Hub podcast Mastering the Art of Dubbing with Donald Perry You can find more about the show on Podbean or Chatterbox Voices website, where you can subscribe, rate and review this podcast. Join me next month for another in-depth conversation about all things audio and not only. Thank you for listening.